Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 41. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide, and in 1999, I founded the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident outdoors by using traditional skills, a few simple tools, and field-based experience. Whether you're looking to go from city slicker to competent outdoor professional, want to experience a remote expedition, or just want to learn a few new outdoor skills, we've got you covered. You can check out the show notes to this and all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Tim Smith here, and welcome back to another episode of the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. We haven't recorded one for a couple of weeks because we've been busy in the field uh, running the spring 2018 wilderness bushcraft semester. Tonight is our final night. Tomorrow we turn everybody loose and send them back into the world. Um, So I'm sitting down here with uh, Christopher Russell as usual. We've also got a couple of guys from the course. We've got Tom. How are we doing tonight, Tom? Doing well, thanks. And James. How are you tonight, James? Very delightful. Very delightful. That's uh, That's delightful. James in a nutshell. That's James in a nutshell. (laughs) Uh, so what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to do a quick semester wrap-up, talk about some interesting things that happened during the course. We just returned from a nine-day final uh, canoe trip. We're going to talk about that. And uh, we've got a couple newly minted journeyman uh, guide certificate holders here, and we're going to talk about that, about the process. We revamped everything this spring you know built the program over again from scratch changed how we do all the documentation so we're going to briefly touch on that so um yeah so the end of nine long weeks right yeah we spent the first three on snowshoes (laughs) what's the date can we not think about that ever again (laughs) june 14th we spent the first what april 15 to the first week in may on snowshoes Like six feet of snow on the road, driving in and out on a snowmobile. That's right. And uh, that seems walking. like a hundred years ago at this point, doesn't it? It was a long time ago. I always jokingly say about the semester, like in some ways it seems like it's over in the blink of an eye, and in other ways it seems like you're here for a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. So, the, and when you're slogging all your gear up and down the hill, hauling a sled in the beginning of May, you're like, wow. This is a hundred years. <laughs> right. Or when you're sitting out and there's eighty million black flies buzzing you, it seems like a hundred years. That's right. Uh, we're also sitting here tonight enjoying some of the fruits of our labor. I think it was about four weeks ago we put up a couple gallons of uh, country wine, as we like to call what we make around here, and we're enjoying a a glass of the uh, the old Jack Mountain ankle breaker wine, and there is a story behind that that someone did drink some one step in a hole and actually break their ankle. So it's not just a clever name. So, uh, and it's truly glorious. It's delightful. It's pretty Ooh. good. <laughs> it's delightful. Uh, anyway, so let's talk. Let's uh, last trip. We went about 
uh, about 60 miles. We spread it out super low water. Mm-hmm. So you guys all got to be really proficient at picking roots at super low water. And really the water wasn't, in most most of the river travel, the water wasn't deep enough to sink a paddle, sink a paddle blade completely in the water. So we were pulling almost the entire river trip. And mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but before you guys came up here, Excuse me, you had never pulled a canoe before, right? That's right. And there you were, just breaking all the rules, standing up in a canoe, just like you're not supposed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> pushing off on the bottom with a stick, right? That's so right. so thoughts on, on pulling now that you've got quite a few miles under your belt. And I would say these guys are definitely very accomplished at canoe pulling at this point. Um, you know, they, they totally get it, so... So compared to paddling, you like it, you hate it, like never want to see a canoe pole again? Compared to paddling, I like it actually a little bit more. And I feel like uh, got kind of a superpower to enable, enable me to go upstream as well as downstream. It is a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, I didn't think that was possible ever. <laughs> like, how would you go upstream? Why would you go upstream? But before, Well, before logging good. roads and outboard motors, that was the only way. Yeah. That's right. Right, I was I was encouraged because in New Mexico where I plan to be, a lot of the water looks like what we went over during the summer and half a mile wide and an inch deep. That's right. <laughs> we're you know eight inches, yeah. eight twelve inches deep. And yeah, so to sorry, I didn't mean to cut Go you ahead. off, but to, we're talking about low water, and I think it's it was at what like two hundred and fifty. 250 the Aroostook River yeah. cubic feet per second, as measured by the Department of. Uh, the USGS, whatever that yeah. is. Right. And the average up here is 500? Yeah, 500, 500 is average about this time yeah. of year. So super low. Like yeah. We had incredibly high spring floods this year. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't rain for seven weeks. So like all the snow ran off. Everything ran off. All that water's out in the ocean now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so ironically, at the beginning of the course, we couldn't canoe because the water was too high right. for several weeks. So we couldn't go anywhere uh, too exotic. Because everything was just flooded out. So it just, you know, the crazy uh, variability of water levels. And then to add to the irony of the situation, we pulled out yesterday, got all the canoes up here, and then the skies opened up for the last 24 hours. It's been raining on and off. So. The river's come up the ri- 50 yeah. cubic feet. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's over 300 right now. Yeah. 250 yesterday, yeah. it's over 300 now. That's crazy. Which that little bit of a pillow doesn't sound like much, but... Yeah. That would have made our river travel so much easier. Mm-hmm. All the all the gravel bars would have been underwater. You know, mm-hmm. all those places where there was no way through, or you know, just one place through, and you're just scratching. You know, yeah. you could have made it through there. So I don't know, but we really did learn a lot about how to read the river, how mm. to read the water. Definitely, that was my favorite game. Yeah. When the water got extra shallow, I'm like, all right, here, here's my time to have fun. Yep. Let's find a way <laughs> Gotta through. Focus. I mean, the whole trip was fun, of course. But you like... said that Hungry Hungry Hippos was your favorite game. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> Why must you turn the guide shack into a house of lies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a, a, I'm a strong believer that in order to become proficient pulling a canoe, you got to do a really low water trip. Because learning to see where the water is, see how it breaks like side to side, all those mm-hmm. things, see where the little channels are, the downstream V's and such, like that same skill that you learn to read the river and to find the water will serve you well if you're paddling white water, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking for those smooth tongues of water going mm-hmm. through the rips and stuff. That's the deepest, smoothest. So it serves you well at super low water. It serves you well at high water. It's just 
it's a foundational canoe skill in my estimation and you guys all nailed it so that's yeah, good absolutely um yeah it's something it has to happen sooner or later and luckily it happened now so while it would have been easier perhaps and more leisurely if we had had you know a thousand cubic feet per second just and just sit there and kind of float down the river at six miles an hour without doing any work uh, you learn more we always learn more when the conditions are challenging right no challenge no hardship little learning right great challenge Agreed. big hardship lots of learning and as this is an educational program we weren't out just for a joy ride i think that's uh i'll put it in the win column yeah oh yeah it was a good time yeah learned a lot uh, not too molested by flies. We actually, when we got back yesterday, I posted a photo saying that we were out on a nine day trip and the flies weren't too bad. And a, a guy instantly said, what kind of bug dope do you use? And I don't use any, I don't think did anybody use any on this trip. I just don't shower. Nope. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Christopher Coates' skin and filth. Yeah. yeah. Well, the answer to the what kind of bug dope would be, oh, no, thanks. I make my own. Yeah. Uh, no, we opted, and I think it's a better option in the long run to go with a physical barrier, yeah, right? Long, pan yeah. long pants, long sleeves, mm -hmm. big hat, maybe bug net, maybe bandana. Uh, you know, and when we're in camp, smoky campfire, we brought smudge pots with us. So yeah. Oh, yeah. can you guys tell our listening audience out there in podcast land, what's a smudge pot? Smudge pot is basically a tin of like a can, big can or pot with holes punched into it. And we have coals or some sort of hot source um, in the bottom. And we put in pine boughs or any sort of greenery and smother it <laughs> until it uh, produces heaps of smoke and thus repelling the bugs. Yeah, a traveling smoke machine, right? Basically. <laughs> so we've got them on little chains, so when they start to get a little low, you swing them around, force air in, they get hot. But yeah, in camp at any one time, you know, we would have a smoky campfire and three smudge pots going. Mm. So while I don't smoke, I've been secondhand smoking the equivalent of like 50 cartons of cigarettes a day <laughs> for the last two weeks. I like and when we have them. feels great. <laughs> I like when we have them because anytime I walk into a place where they are, I feel like I'm walking onto like a rock concert stage and it makes me feel really good. Oh, it's right. true. Like in the back of my head, I hear like the opening lines to a guitar solo and I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is what it's all about. I feel more like I've just completed my set and I'm coming back on stage for the encore. Ooh, that's better. Yeah. And, of course, my encore song, as you guys know, uh, Party in the USA oh, by Miley yeah. Cyrus. Oh, no. I don't... How does that one go? It's... I, I put my I put my hands out. Yeah, they're, they're playing, playing my song. They're playing my song. I'm going to start singing <laughs> Bad Country. <laughs> so, on the canoe expedition, on the final trip, we always do a solo where people will go out and spend two nights and one full day and half of another day, but two nights out on their own, kind of reflecting on the journey that they've been on, both on the trip and on the course in general, right? And and I'll frame it by saying it's it's like, you know, the forest welcoming you home now that you're, you're a little bit of a different person because you know a lot more about the forest than when you first went out. Like, you can read the weather and tell what that's going to do by looking at the sky, you know all the trees, you know all the plants, you can have a safe little fire that you start with a bow drill, you know, all these things that sort of are the skills that allowed our ancestors to thrive before the era of iPhones and podcasts and, and whatever else. And when I'm feeling truly evil, truly, truly evil, I realize that the last song that I'll hum or something will be stuck in people's heads for that entire <laughs> period of time. 
So when I'm feeling truly evil, I'll, I'll sing a bar or two of uh, something like Party in the USA, and then that'll be stuck in people's heads for the entire solo wait, experience. Wait, wait. Yeah. You always do that. You always no, do that. No, but it's not always that song. You always feel evil. So you're saying you always feel truly evil. But it's not always that song. Sometimes it's, you know. It's a different flavor of evil. Could be, yes. Different flavor flavor of evil. I'm writing that down. Uh, yeah, so one of our members who isn't here right now, he's uh, sleeping uh, because he's very tired because he <laughs> forgot to bring his paddle with him right. on the final trip. So we stayed at our first campsite for two nights and we found an old board floating in the lake and mm. uh, he proceeded to rough it out with his axe. Um, and I think it, it probably weighed around nine pounds when it was done. 25 when it was, yeah, when it was wet. The 25 pound paddle. When it was waterlogged, it was hefty. Uh, so yeah, pain is a great teacher as his experience. So the odds after him, uh, carting that paddle down, he became really adept at polling. So, uh, but pain and experience both being great teachers, the odds of him ever forgetting a paddle again are somewhere mm. less than 1%, right? Because, yeah. uh, man, that's, that's, amazing. that was rough. Yeah. That was, uh, and he'll yeah. probably have to have like plastic surgery on his hands. Blisters. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting thing. So, uh, yeah, about the solos, any any big revelations come to you on the solo? Not necessarily like a big, you know, life changing thing, but any any sort of thing, cool thing that you learned when you were out on those. Well, the the thing that came to me about it was uh, all this stuff is excellent, and this is but this is a teaching environment, and really enjoyed all of the the time that I spent here, but. Uh, it needs the context is where you go into practice so when you take this home that that's kind of your job taking it home and doing this when you get home and making it part of your life Hmm. so that's that's the revelation i had anything for you james uh and no is an acceptable answer you (laughs) say no no tim there was nothing no i guess like the (laughs) the realization that you know I don't know, for me, like, while I was there, I picked myself a little salad of little things I foraged, and when I cut myself pretty, pretty Ooh, deep. Yeah, <laughs> tell us that story. Yep. Okay, when I was bow drilling, well, the, the notch was a little off the center, so I was, thought I would choke up on my knife, you know, very safely. I know how to do this. Just adjust the notch and carve a bit, and it breaks through the board travels through space and time into my leg <laughs> about a half inch deep and i was totally shocked i dropped everything grabbed my leg with both hands and just like hugged it and like thinking is this happening is oh yeah oh there's the pain oh this, this is real man uh, and i let go of my hands for a second blood drips all the way down to my like socks and i'm just like fuck but well, we just oh, changed oh, the. Uh, no, it's okay. We just put, that's all right. Go ahead. Go Keeps ahead. it honest. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that led me to what am I going to do? And um, and I, I felt like I didn't know what to do, which was to keep pressure on and you know find uh, like Usnia or to the best of what I had. I didn't have any first aid kit, otherwise I would go for that first. But I went for what I had, which was the Boston first sap and the Usnia lichen and i combined those together and duct tape my my wound and then the night after i felt perfectly fine i could walk well and 
that was a powerful experience for me. Yeah, getting hurt is always a slap <laughs> in the face, right? Yeah, it's yeah. always like you think you're so cool, and then you drive a knife <laughs> into your leg, and you're like, well, yeah. maybe I'm not that cool. But <laughs> two, as a two hours in, <laughs> as a testament to James's personality up here, when he he came back to sort of the base camp where Tim Ben and I were waiting, and we look up river and. There's a guy happily floating down, waving to us, and we're like, I wonder why he's coming back. And he walks up and is like, I stabbed myself. And he was so happy. He was so happy about it um, that, yeah, it was, it was great. It was That kind of personality is hard to find, and it, it's been great having that on this course. I agree. Because I'd have been real angry. I wouldn't have been as joyous about the experience. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so... So yeah, I got back yesterday from from our trip and uh, and this morning went over the newly published for this course uh, journeyman workbook and I'm happy to say these guys are are uh, officially certified Jack Mountain journeyman guides Jack Mountaineers. Uh, no. Mouseketeer? no, Mouseketeers, Jack Mouseketeers, Jack Mouseketeers. Uh, can our theme song be "Party in the USA"? Yes, no, 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 no. Party in Arista County. Woo! Okay, that that's fine. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know what that represents is a massive amount of work that these guys accomplished over the course of the semester, and it's all documented written up there was a lot of documentation a lot of academic work a lot of testing mm. to get you guys to where you are um and uh just thoughts on that thoughts on that process uh so it was very comprehensive uh and very organized um and uh very purposeful um succinct i don't know i just i feel like i keep throwing out a bunch of adjectives <laughs> really explaining anything um what it was is it was a roadmap for developing um a level of proficiency that would keep you um operating well in uh an environment with little infrastructure yeah um and it's it's an emphasis because when you when you think about bushcraft and you think about living this way uh what we have done is broken the surface on it, and then, then it gives you a roadmap to take home and continue mm, your yeah. own education. Because really, that's what it's about. What you've given us is the ability to, to do this somewhere else and take it as deep as we can personally. Yeah. For me, it was a very grateful thing that how it's structured is that we dive into so many different topics and, and skills and just enough to spark potentially uh, an interest in planting a seed in each different subject and depending on the individual, if they want to nourish that seed to, to its fullest capacity. I really felt that that was it's a good way to, to go. So to that though, just to continue on James's thought, I'd like to hear from you guys if there was, a, as you mentioned, seeds, was there a particular one for either of you that kind of you you did it and we went sort of you know a wide touch on it and you guys want to go really deeper was there something that came from this semester that you're super interested in now oh yeah quite a few 
if you'd like to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's audio, so the audience can't read the cartoon bubbles over your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Well, I guess plant ID and fermentation, two big ones. Mm. Yeah, mm. we do a big fermented food thing, and as I said, we're enjoying some fermented uh, some fermented wine right mm. now. And oh, yeah. Looking at a bunch of jars of sauerkraut and spicy sauerkraut mm-hmm. and kombucha. They are excellent. The whole nine yards, so yeah. Anything jump out at you that you're like, this is something I'm really interested in? Yeah, some uh, some things that work really close together. Uh, so I was in the Marine Corps for a while and, and felt like I was an accomplished uh, uh, with land navigation. And transferring that over into the civilian world was challenging for me. I was a little overconfident, plus it was a lot longer ago than I had realized. Uh, and uh, constellations, uh, those two things really impressed me. But the whole, all of it, you know, just um, woods, axe work, knife work, uh, the canoeing was great. Um, plant identification was really was there so the opposite question and you kind of mentioned struggling with mapping compass was there something for either of you that you really struggled with and maybe I'm I'm just curious if there was something that you know you did it and you did it well but maybe it's not something that you found super interesting or really struggled with Mm, I think I would have to think about that one okay but for struggling I think I could speak for every one of us that uh, bow drilling was definitely the biggest yeah. struggle mentally, oh, wow. especially. Yeah, it's tough. Man. Yeah, we've all thrown and <laughs> thrown our bows like to the ground. I never stuff. saw you do that, not once. <laughs> you observed. <laughs> I did it a few times. I tossed it <laughs> with love, gently placed it on the Thank ground. You, but I am frustrated. And banished it. <laughs> you go away. So if you're out there looking in podcast land and you want some inexpensive bow drill sets, just come on <laughs> and walk through the bushes about a 30-yard perimeter yep. from where we're doing bow drill practice. And there's like 600 sets yep. there yep. for you to choose from. And four or five of them are mine. <laughs> I got at least six out there, man. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's a struggle. I jokingly say that the thing with friction fire is the first thousand times you do it are the hardest. Yeah. It's a lot easier after that, right? And it's yeah. kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke, but yeah, the it's fire true, gods though. make you pay. It's yes, true. Indeed. You really yeah. got to pay your dues. And man. this is uh, like of the environments around the United mm-hmm. States. This kind of wet, cold, oh, my. damp northern Maine climate is sure a wicked was. challenge. Sure was. So you, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just harder here than in most places. I, you know, I've gone, gone. I've done <laughs> lots of. I've done probably a thousand hand drill fire coals in New Hampshire. And, uh, and it's a viable thing there. And here, just a few hours away, the climate's different enough and damper and less species variation, right? It's often hard to find a lot of the good stocks up here because mm-hmm. we're more of a boreal forest environment. But it's hard to do here to the point right. where it's not like a viable, you know, even after doing it a thousand times, maybe it's not a viable thing to rely on for lighting a fire. So I never got, I never got a coal out of my yeah. Friction it's fire hard. here is yeah. just hard. But yeah. when you get back down to the Southwest, yeah. you just yeah. put the two sticks near each other. And That's they right. Them <laughs> yeah. I can testify. There was a day yeah. early on in the, when we introduced hand drill fires, there was a day where Ben and I were playing with some of the hand drill stalks and both, uh, Got a coal and we're continuing on and then felt like the wind shift Mm -hmm. and it got damp and within five minutes 
couldn't for no matter what we did couldn't get a coal yeah it's hard the, the fire gods the land up here just doesn't care no it is not going to cater to people right it's like oh yeah we'll have a may snowstorm the hell with you i don't care i, I was gonna say i think it's worse than that they don't care well, they're amused by our suffering yeah the the the, <laughs> the, the gods on mount olympus are, are snickering when we're trying to accomplish things here is that oh, in southern maine yeah you know mount olympus is down near Katah. oh yeah 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 <laughs> okay south just checking <laughs> but you you would ask what we had a particular challenge with all the crafting stuff yeah i had a hard time like making a canoe paddle my canoe paddle is the ugliest uh well well the one was, on the last trip it was the have, ugliest uh, until the you, most recent yeah right <laughs> <laughs> until the one that karen carved out with the, the moose mallet yeah, right with his axe okay so so the the rough cut with an axe was worse yeah. than mine. And by right. axe, Kieran had a splitting yeah, axe. Oh, yeah. It was it was yeah. impressive to watch a guy with a splitting maul try to make a paddle. I <laughs> I would have just left it as a board personally and used that. I don't know. He did it though. Yeah, he, he did. He it. trucked he through it. it. Never complained. No. And and what a testament to that young man. Not one. Didn't bitch no. once. Didn't no. complain no, once. No, he did not. His hands are just a. Like a study. He doesn't have hands. They're stumps, right? right? It's just (laughs) just so rough on his body, but not once did he complain. Like, what a trooper. Yeah. I I used it for a half hour, and I've been complaining since. So (laughs) all the power to him. You know, that's that's something else I I appreciated about this particular makeup in the course is, you know, we had two guys that were late 30s, early 40s, and then two guys that weren't weren't 20 yet. (laughs) And... uh, I have to say that they kept right up with us in, in all of the stuff that we're supposed to be stronger at, at older men, and then and then surpassed us vastly, of course, in their younger strength and stamina. I don't know if we're in the surpassing stage yet. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but I, come. I, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed, that's for sure. There's many of us. I was impressed. James? But, uh, you know, I restored my... My my uh, hope in uh, the next generations and the possibilities that they have. Wait, are you saying that your hope wasn't restored by the breakthrough hit party in the USA? Yes, it may have been crushed <laughs> by that, that song. Actually, I won't reference podcast and I won't reference that song anymore. Well, I apologize. Thank you. Thank you. But it's a great song. I'll start singing country songs if you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, that's all good. Well, so, go ahead. Well, do you, so if somebody, you guys have just done the journeyman, if somebody was coming up here and wanting to do it, would you guys have any sort of insight or advice for somebody that's thinking yeah. about doing this? Advice for future students. Yeah. There may be a few listening to this. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is a lot of work, and it's supposed to be a lot of work. However, it's, it's not, it's not, um, daunting it's it's very doable as long as you're just continuing to do little things every day and continuing through the process and kind of staying with it it's challenging to stay focused on this for nine weeks it is it's hard it is so uh, that's what i would say you know just stay focused and take little bites out of it every day and and you'll get it done yep step by step right also i'd say like the humorous environment of the the guides and (laughs) Everyone who comes here seems to be pretty, pretty happy, or I don't know, like easy to make laugh, and pair that with the constant 
immersion in nature, you know, the sounds, the, the songs of the birds kind of helps because you will be frustrated at times and you're going to have to put up with that with yourself. There's going to be lots of mental battles within and hmm. I would say prepare for that. Yeah. Mm. Don't, don't leave that aside and expect everything to be easy, especially if you're not used to going through hardships. Mm-hmm. That's the advice? I thought it was going to be like, get the Titanium Zombie Slayer 4000 Knight also and stuff that. like that. Also that. The, 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 the Combar Pro? Future students, if you bring a Combar Pro, <laughs> if, if any of you bring a Combar Pro, I will personally drag you up to the top of the hill and make you leave. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no well, what if everybody brings a combar pro what are you gonna do that Some i'm gonna be wicked on. strong by the end of it because i'm gonna be dragging a lot of people up the hill <laughs> god no so ben spencer found this kickstarter thing for this what is it like a knife axe spare tool right. the combar pro the and magazine. i wouldn't even call it a tool i don't know we laughed about it we, we laughed about the video on it there's yes. like a guy supposedly like lost in the woods and he hears a wolf howl behind him and he Grabs his combar pro and like threatens it. He, he threatens turns. a wolf with like a shovel. He's got a new yeah. jacked up pickup truck, right? Like if a wolf comes, I don't know, maybe get in your pickup truck. <laughs> nope, he reaches for the thing. Combar pro. He's gonna attack uh, the wolf right? with a spade. Yeah, right. Yeah, Please gonna, don't bring a combar pro. He's gonna shovel it to death. <laughs> That's good stuff uh, right there. Other advice. I hope they want to be a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Examine what Tim says very clearly to determine whether he's kidding or not. Oh, that's a skill. <laughs> um, a as skill. a guy who's been up here and working with Tim for a little while, you, it's impossible. <laughs> you can't. That's an insurmountable achievement. Maybe. Perhaps. Exactly. Oh. Case in point. Oh, man. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, this will, I think that kind of about wraps up our topics for this uh, this episode. But, you know, I just wanted to say thanks to you guys mm-hmm. for humoring us and, and coming on and sharing some of your thoughts, experiences, and insights with, with our podcast audience. I'm sure they'll get a lot out of it. And, and just on a more personal note, you know, it's just I've had an absolute blast with you guys for the last nine weeks and thank you for Second always end. being there with you know laughs and humor and you know fun and um you know the the as students you get to choose if you're going to a school you get to choose which school you go to right as instructors we don't get to choose who our students are so it's kind of you're we're rolling the dice each time and just fingers crossed hoping that the people who show up kind of get what we're trying to do and just get it in general um and you guys definitely get it and you know i think we had a lot of really cheap laughs uh over the last <laughs> nine weeks and hopefully you know you learned stuff that was worthwhile and and will continue to serve you whether you work in the outdoor industry or not uh so yeah just thank you for the the fun the humor the, com- the camaraderie and uh you know wish you guys wish you the best and if you want to get in touch with these guys and find out what their experience here was really like we're going to be putting up a new page on our website honoring and listing all the people who've achieved uh journeyman guide status which is our internal um certification program um you know it's a very significant amount of work that these guys completed in order to achieve that 
Um, and we're going to list their names. And if they so desire, we'll hot link it to whatever they want. If, if you guys have websites or contact info or whatever. So, uh, awesome. I'd like to piggyback on what Tim was just saying about having people that get it. Um, our mutual friend and acquaintance, Ray Rizzi, was in a documentary. And in that, he has a line that kind of struck me, which was talking about, if you take 10 people out and two people get it, that makes it worth it. And this semester, every student here got it. And that was kind of amazing to me, like having a group of people that, it, you know, there was no management of anything. It was just people that understood what we were here for and wanted to be involved in it as much as they could. And that was a great experience for me. So th I, again, I, Tim's already said thank you, but thank you guys as well from me. And I'm sure Ben feels the same. Yeah. I had a good time. I'm, and uh, yeah. I appreciate the level of instruction. Nice. Second that. Very inspiring. So that, uh, that wraps up this episode in, what, in a day and a half. It's Thursday night, Saturday morning. Christopher and I are jumping in the truck with a couple other guys and headed up to the Gas Bay Peninsula in, in Quebec. And we're going to run the Bonaventure River and we'll bring the audio recorder. Hopefully we'll, uh, maybe we'll be uh, recording a podcast in the field. We'll be joined by a couple of guys from Caramat Wilderness Ways in Alberta. The Dragon Uzlak and Kelly Harleton. Uh, Blake Towsley out of New Brunswick will be there as well as our own Colin Clifford, who you know from a past episode of the podcast, and Frank Grindrod, an old friend of mine who runs earthwork programs down in Massachusetts. So we're doing a kind of an instructor's or guide's uh, sort of like a retreat, but just a river trip. And, and so we're really looking forward to that. But now we've got to go because we've got to plan menus and start packing stuff for that. Mm -hmm. so, uh, <laughs> so you'll hear about that in a future episode. Again, as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, you think it's worthwhile, you didn't completely waste an hour of your time or a half hour or whatever time we're at, then please leave us a review wherever you listen to this, you know, iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever. Every little review helps. And we'll be back at you with another podcast before too long. So from the Guide Shack on a rainy June night, uh, have a good one. Mm -hmm.